and use my story to inspire another generation of players, to use my story to help uh, another young man or young woman, young person in general, a young person who's, who's had spent their entire life dealing with rejection. When I met, when, when I decided that that was going to be how I operate and how I make a living, how I get known, how I, how I'm able to find my lane. That's when, that's when I let go of the game as a player. And I really, really honed in on who I was going to be for the rest of my life, right? Who I was going to be for the rest of my life. So it was during that I was 22 years old. I'll pick it, like I said, I'll pick it up at 22 years old. 22 years old, and I was during the football season at Stony Brook University, and I got filled up with a whole lot of anger. I did I all the all the time I spent the previous four years worshiping these old, maybe not four years, it was basically around four three or four years that I spent previously worshiping these coaches, thinking that these coaches walked on water, thinking that these coaches could do no wrong or trying to impress. You know, think about that mindset, all right? You, you have this mindset in which you are trying to impress these college football coaches and what they did, the, the lack of integrity that they had when it came to the way they handled my situation, it was so, it, it was disheartening, disappointing. And I, again, it, it, really, really crushed me, really, really crushed me, right? So what happened was during that spring or going into going into the fall, I was on paper, it seemed like I was going to be the starting fullback. I was going to be a starting fullback, right? And for those of you who don't know football, this is a position that requires a lot of contact, a lot of hitting and all that kind of stuff. And I I get there during the fall and it's a complete, I'm in a completely, I'm kind of blindsided. I felt blindsided and, and I felt blindsided because they had put, they put somebody else ahead of me on the, in the starting line. They put somebody ahead of me in the starting line. Now, like I said, in my second book, make your move, this particular player, his name was Matt Fiella. He was, and he was a better, not only was he a better player than me, but he was also from New Jersey which is right there and there where they recruited since Stony Brooks in Long Island, New York. They obviously, they recruit a lot of guys from New Jersey and New Jersey's has a lot of great football players. So they weren't, it wasn't the wrong, I'm not up here, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years later, complaining about the fact that, oh, he was starting over me and all that kind of stuff. He was, he was clearly the better player and the better prospect. I, I 1000% understand that. And the issue is, the issue is, that he was just given the starting position. He was just given the starting position. There was no real competition at all. They just, again, moved like me. They moved him from defense to offense, and immediately he was running with the ones on the first day. That is the, that is the problem in terms of just giving out positions because now as you grow up and you go and, you, and you're looking for jobs and things like that, his mentality isn't, oh, I got to work for a certain job. I'm just going to be thrown in and plugged in because of my size and because of what I've done in the past. And that that is a mistake. That is actually what got me into the work that I'm doing now, right? So the second that that happened, I was so bitter throughout that entire season. I was like, look, this is my last year playing football. I'm done with these coaches. I had it with them. And I spent that entire season reading like biographies of different coaches. I actually remember that was the time I, I really started. I was 
time I was really, really dived into reading books on my own, read Pat Summit's book, read Tony Dungy, Lou Holtz, all the great coaches, the great coaches who I I was around in high school. I got back into reading. I got back, not back into, I got, was actually reading books for the first time and I was really enjoying it. In fact, there was a class I was taking named Foundations of Education with Professor Ferran. And, you know, I was so interested in his work and what he was doing because this was my fourth year in college and I was able to graduate, right? So I, I spent that entire, that entire fall semester wanting to be a college football coach, wanting to get my, get, get in as a college football coach at some entry level position and things like that. And I spent that entire year just emailing college coach after college coach. Here's my resume. Here's my resume. Here's my resume. I'm ready to be a, a graduate assistant by fall. And I got a lot of, you know, I'll keep you on file responses, all that kinds of, all those kinds of things. And just doing that made the ending of my season, made the ending of my season a whole lot better than the beginning part of my season because I stuck with it. There were I, I was I was so upset that I actually thought about leaving the team in the middle of the season, but there was a, a piece of me that that couldn't do that. And it actually turned out to be a great, a great ending to the season because because I stuck with it and I was now looking at these coaches as equals. I was no longer they, there was no longer this this shy reserved kid that was worshiping these guys i saw them as people regular people and that and that that is very important as you're making that transition from as you're making that transition from being a being a teenager to now becoming an actual young adult and you gotta you know you gotta carry yourself a certain way and you gotta establish yourself with a certain confidence and and bravado and know you know your shit all right so that that's what i had dealt with at the beginning, right? At the beginning, it was that it was that fall semester. Yeah, that fall semester. Now, once the spring semester happened, I had to get through the spring semester and I, I was gonna be graduating, be graduating that summer. I was on the job hunt. I mean, just every everywhere I went, just like I was my sophomore year in college, every year I, everywhere I went, I'm with my resume, I'm sending my resume, I'm reaching out to any and everybody that has anything to do with sports because I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I needed connections. You got to keep in mind, I had read the stories. I'd read the stories of the coaches that were at where, where I was trying to go. At the time, I wanted to start a college coaching position and then end up being a head coach in the NFL. That was my goal. That was my dream. And that's where I felt like I deserved to be. So that's, that's where I was going with it. And that was my mindset throughout this whole, throughout that entire year throughout that entire spring semester in college when I was finishing up right so I I got connected I got connected with a, the president of this the president of this nonprofit organization named Egos which stood for education goals opportunity sports all right his name was Walter Ray and when I met him he and I really connected and you know it was such a great conversation we were so excited and then he realized it was at, it was at some point during that conversation where he realized that we were talking about two completely different sports. You know, his expertise is in basketball. 
and my expertise is in football. So what I decided to do after that conversation is I just decided to create a division. And this was, he didn't even give me permission to do this. I just did it on my own. <laughs> he gave me, a, I just decided to create a position or create, create a brand new division in which it was Ego's football. Ego's football. And I made a blog spot about it. I put all of my teammates, all the former teammates that I had, I put their highlight tapes on this one website, links to their highlight tapes and started, I wrote up a mission statement and was talking about how, you know, I want to make sure that <laughs> I want to make sure that we, we give opportunities because it's obviously it's education opportunities, oh no, education goals, opportunity sports. I want to make sure we're giving opportunities for everyone to be seen and basically be that liaison between uh, high school, not, not just a high school kid, but just football players in general want to be that liaison that gets them to just the right situation, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the, whether it's arena league teams, whether it's uh, the right college program, whether it's the right junior college program, whether it is the right uh, youth kid going to the right high school program, or whether it was a brand new football player finding the right youth program to play for. I just want to be that liaison because, and I was doing this completely for free because I'm looking, I'm thinking I want to get into coaching and I knew how important it was to build those relationships. Understand now I have the knowledge. Now I've been reading books. I'm knowing, I'm learning the stories. I'm knowing how Rex Ryan got on. I'm knowing how Lou Holtz got on. I'm knowing how Tony Dungy was able to get on. I read these stories very, very closely and I was really, really, really diving into this, right? <laughs> so again, this, this actually happened. So I connected with Egos. It was it was that winter break, and then this this happened before I got to Stony Brook. Now, not before I got this, before we got back to Stony Brook for that spring semester, which was the last semester in which I had to graduate. Right. So before I got back for that spring semester, I remember I emailed all of my actual college coaches, letting them know what I'm doing, and I told them. I remember telling Coach P after I was done playing after the fall season ended, I told him. Hey, you know, I want to volunteer. I want to volunteer in the spring. I want to hold film. I want to do whatever it is I got to do to get on. And one of my goals is to become a college football coach and and move on to the NFL, all that stuff. And he just said, all right, cool. You know, I, and he nonchalantly said, all right, cool. I'll let you do it. And I was able to start to build my resume out from during that spring. So it was during that spring in which I was, it was really promo. I was really doing some hardcore marketing with egos in which I got, I, and obviously I was still, cause this is all free work. So I was still sending my resume. I was still applying places and things like that. And I get a call from a scouting company named and national scouting report NSR for short. All right. And I had never, ever, ever, ever heard of this company. First of all, I never even knew there were organizations like this that even existed, all right? Because you got to understand is if you go back in the story, I went to Good Council High School. My college coach, my high school coaches were the ones that connected with college coaches. So that's what I was used to. I didn't know that there were actual third-party organizations that you can pay, that you can pay, and they're going to be this agent type, they're going to be this agent type guys, agent type scouts, that are going to go out and shop you around to all these college coaches. That's exactly what NSR was. All right. So they called me, they called me in 
the I believe at the time the director of community or whatever one of the directors was the guy named Matthew Rand and Matthew Rand saw the website with egos and he saw that I was just a football guy and immediately I was offered the position I was offered a position with him now here's here is the thing about this position with NSR it is all 1000 percent commission work it's 1000 commission work there was no salary attached to it there was no hourly anything like that it was all commission work and this isn't the first time that i i mean all commission work doesn't necessarily intimidate me because i had spent time selling cutco knives door to door and that was all commission work and you know this was a completely and i at that time i also did i was also approached and doing Amway and, and bouncing around with Amway. I've, I've done a lot of MLM, so to speak, or I've been around the block when it comes to that, right? It was at that point where I immediately say less, I accepted the position because I accepted the position because I knew that this was a category. You know, if I was serious about being a coach, there was no reason why I wasn't able, I wasn't going to be able to be successful going out the way the process worked is going out to high school games, watching the athletes play, seeing who can play, getting an in-home meeting, and then trying to get the families to sign up to a program that was going to shop them around to college coaches. And that program was going to cost upwards of about $3,000, right? And one of the things about NSR, the main thing about NSR is it's not just football. It's all sports. It's, it's primarily actually the the primarily the the main thing to their business, the main money makers to their business is girls sports, whether it's girls field hockey, girls lacrosse, you know, girls tennis, it's female sports because the female sports are really the ones that suffer when it comes to college recruiting. You know, the college coaches, the female college coaches do not have the budget to go out and travel the way college football and college basketball coaches do. So they depend a lot on these third-party services to find them the right recruits and things like that so there was a lot of learning that I had to do but I was I was so excited to to get offered not only was I excited to get offered a position but the 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 taste and the the way that my college football coaches operated especially when it came to my situation it left a really really bad taste in my mouth not only that they, their lack of interest, we'll say it like this, their lack of interest, the college coaches that I played for, that I current, that I at that point played for at Stony Brook University showed absolutely no interest whatsoever in me, in my aspirations of being a college football coach. And at that, just their lack of questions and their lack of interest in me being a college football coach left me with a very, very bad taste in my mouth in terms of if it really is something I want to do. All right. So when this opportunity came about for me to work in sales and more so scratch this entrepreneurial itch, right? You gotta say I've watched my father, I watched my father be his own boss from the time I was 13 years old. All right. I've seen him run his own business from the time I was 13 years old. And there's always been this possibility in my mind. He he created this possibility in my mind that. You can work for yourself. You can go out there and make your own money and, and be an entrepreneur, all right? That, that was a possibility from before I even got to high school. And I always tell the story about how, you know, seeing what my dad did versus seeing what my coaches did, there was this synergy. There was this mix that I had in terms of being your own boss 
versus working for an organization and being very passionate about what you do and running it as if it was your own business. So you get the passionate college football coach who runs this business, runs this organization as if it's his own versus my father who actually has his own company. The name of his company was Architectural Solutions. And that is actually his own business. And I saw this mix every single day. There was this mix that I saw every single day. And it felt like the NSR opportunity was going to be absolutely perfect, perfect for me, right? So because this was all commission work, I had to pay money. I had to pay money to go to a training. The training was at the NSR headquarters in Alabama. So I took out a credit card. And this was against my father's wishes. Like I went actually against what my father wanted me to do. All right. And he, he basically said he wasn't paying for it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go get a credit card. And I went and I paid my own way to get to this, to get to this training in NSR because I, in, in Alabama with, uh, with National Scouting Report. And I paid my own way, paid for the registration fee, paid for the flight, the hotel, the whole nine. And I didn't, and I looked at it as an investment. I looked at it as an investment in what it is I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. Because again, this is all me. This is my angle. I was excited. I'm like, yo, I can do this. I can fucking do this. And I could make a limited money. I was already adding up how much I was going to make per athlete. And, you know, that was my whole mentality. You got to think I'm, I'm fresh out of college. I am 1000% just filled with ambition, fueled up, like, let's go, let's go. I got to my dream school. I got to graduate, you know, again, all these things actually worked out for me because of my mindset. My mindset was, I was like, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go. This was around 22 going on 23. Right. So I, because I had, I had felt like I found my dream position. Like I felt like I'd found a job and that's really the struggle for a lot of new college graduate graduates. It's finding the right job, finding the right position, you know, because the concept, the concept of school is a very secure concept. So no one ever wants to feel like they graduated college and doesn't know what they want to do. It's a, it's a huge shot to your ego. It's a huge wake up call. Right. So, I was grinding, you know, I was grinding. I never really went out and partied and did like, it's, it's crazy because my sister, when my sister graduated from the University of Maryland, she had this huge party. There was all, I mean, they, they shut down the bakery. There, there was all sorts of people that all sorts of planning for this party. But me, I graduated from Stony Brook and the next day, the next day, I was at a high school recruiting, scouting, you know, doing what I had to do with NSR, the whole thing. I was just working. I didn't, there was no celebration. There was no time for me to enjoy. I was 1000% on my grind. I was on my grind, right? <laughs> so this company, th this company that I was doing my recruiting with, doing my scouting with, I started to really enjoy the lifestyle. I enjoyed the lifestyle of going out, going out and recruiting kids, going out and seeing who can show up. And the, the way it worked is I would go out, find what I would be, whether it be a practice, whether it be a game, whether it be a tournament, whatever it was, I would go out, see which player actually stuck out to me, get the family's number and get an in-home meeting and talk to the, the athlete and the family about the college recruiting process and stuff like that. Now, the problem with this job, 
All right, the, the problem with this situation was it, well, like I mentioned, it's all commission work. And the people that I thought was going to sign up, they did not sign up. All right, the, the families did not sign up. They were tons of families. I'll, I'll never forget, never forget this. All right. There was one family who I presented everything to, and this family gave me, it was a soccer player. This family gave me a hundred dollars and said, look, I'll give you a hundred dollars cash now. And in a, in a couple weeks, I'll come up with a thousand dollars to sign them up and all that. And I never actually heard back from the person, never heard back from the, gives me a hundred dollars, tells me he's going to sign up the whole nine. And I never actually hear back from, never actually hear back from him. That's, that's what I mean when I say, yo, this, this job, it's not paying fast enough. Now I wasn't going to give up on it just so easy. So I kept recruiting, kept scouting and all that, but it was a real challenge. Now, because it's commission work, I needed to find a job that was actually going to pay me every two weeks. And luckily there was a, there was a gym named Spunk Fitness. There was a gym named Spunk Fitness that opened up right. It was right behind the house I grew up in in Silver Spring, Maryland. So Spunk Fitness in Silver Spring. And they just opened up. And me, given the experience that I had working at a gym the two years prior, it was an easy position for me to get and work, you know, work just to have something coming in every two weeks and be able to go and do do my recruiting and all that stuff. So it was that was my life. That was my life. It was in the gym and it was actually a gym that was 24 hour, that was 24 hour access. So I worked the overnight shift. I was able to, luckily I was able to get the overnight shift and the early morning shifts. And I was able to go out and recruit kids throughout the day and then work at this gym at night. All right. So think about that as a lifestyle going out and I'm recruiting kids, high school kids. And then this gym I'm working at at night, recruiting high school kids, going and working at this gym at night, constantly just seeing it. And at this time, I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about any chicks or anything like that. And the reason the, my relationship, like I, I, I wasn't even thinking about having a girl at that point. And, and I'll tell you why my, at the time, my niece was born two years prior, but when I got home is when my, when I got home from college, my nephew was born. And I was watching like the, my sister, my hero, like my best friend growing up, the, the, my rock was my sister. And I was watching her, you know, grow into motherhood and dealing with her kids and dealing with the family and, and seeing how difficult that transition was. And she's no longer with, she's no longer with my, my niece and nephew's father. She's no longer with that guy. And then watching how that, how bad that breakup actually was, I was saying to myself, look, I need to be patient. And, and the whole relationships thing really, really started to become frightening to me. And I just, because I was watching as she was hurt, I was hurt. You know, that that's, that's the relationship that she and I have as brother and sister. So as she was going through what she was going through, it was difficult for me to even think about personal relationships and friends and, you know, messing with finding a girl and going on dates and all that kind of stuff. So I, I dive really, really deep into my work. I dive really, really deep into my work because I saw on the flip side, look, you know, I need to, I need to focus on this. I need to focus on this because if I, if I, if I get distracted and, and try to meet someone and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it's, it's going to be a difficult task because there's a lot of personal shit that I got to deal with. There's a lot of personal shit that I'm watching my family go through right now. So again, 
I was able to dive deep and deep and deeper and deeper and deeper into the work, into what I wanted to become as a professional, all right, as, a, as, as what I wanted to do in my job. Like, again, it was books. It was going to high school games. It was it was gonna, going to work at this gym at night. And that was my life constantly every single day every single day every single day and you gotta understand i was i had a college degree and i'm back working at a gym overnight mopping floors cleaning out treadmills taking out trash the whole nine you know doing things that i felt like i was overqualified to do however there was a there was a process there was there was something i was seeing there was a connection there was something i was building at the time right there's something i was building at the time so eventually it hit me. Eventually it hit me. The, the first company I ever started is a company that's still around right now. It's called Gym 44, G-Y-M 44, Gym 44. It started out as just going to be a consulting service. It was just going to be Gym 44 Consulting. And this is where it started. This is where the seed was watered, was when I realized it was, I was reading I was reading. No, no, I wasn't reading. I was shot. I, I went to 24 hour fitness. I went to, no, no. Was I reading? Yes. Yes, I was. I was. I read, I read Magic Johnson. I read Magic Johnson's book, 32 ways to be a champion in business. All right. And he was discussing his partnership with 24 hour fitness. He was discussing his partnership with 24 hour fitness and 24 hour fitness has certain signature clubs, whether it was A-Rod, whether it was Shaq, whether it was Pat Riley, whether it was like these major, major high celebrity athletes that come in and they endorse certain gyms. And because I was working at a gym at that time and I was recruiting, I started to say to myself, you know, if there was a coach that endorsed a gym, I'm sure that they would get a lot of players showing up that want to be recruited. And that's where, that's all Gym 44 is. And Gym 44 now is just a place that you go, you make a profile, you post your tryouts, and and you post your tryouts the same way you would post it on Facebook. And the cool thing, what I, the way I set it up is, excuse me, the way I set it up is when you post the tryout, there's opportunities for you to sell advertising on each tryout that you post. So it really just kind of depends on the user and their willingness to go out and get the advertising money and all that kind of stuff, right? That's the way it's set up now. Now, keep in mind before, you know, when I first started it, I was so far off. I was I was actually going to try to run it the way Magic Johnson did with the 24-hour access and, you know, put gym, because this, I really, at the time, I didn't even have a social media account. So I was really out. I didn't really know the world. <laughs> I didn't really know the world of social media like that. You know, I was so into what I was doing that I didn't really know how to do a lot of things. Like, I, obviously, I know how to work it now. But when I previously started it, I was so out of, I was so far off from where it is now. It's ridiculous. Crazy, right? <laughs> so I start Gym 44, and I make it into the website that you see today, right? And I was, I was going out, and because I was so sure that this would work, I was so certain that this would work and I was so certain that there were going to be coaches current coaches athletic directors all these people I was so certain that they were going to understand what it is I was doing I was so certain that they were going to get in they were going to not only understand it but appreciate appreciate the fact that I put a company out there like this 
I was sadly, sadly mistaken, sadly mistaken with the kind of shit that I was hearing when I, so what I would do instead of me going out and recruiting kids, I would spend my days going and approaching certain college coaches. I would go and approach certain athletic directors and say, Hey man, I got this idea. I got this gym 44 thing, this idea I want to show you. And some people would have that conversation with me. And some people told me to go fuck off. And, you know, the people that I actually had conversations with was very, it was very disheartening to hear. It was very disheartening to hear their response to it. I'll, I'll give you one, I'll give you one story. There was one cat, his name, I believe his name was Tony Odin. He was a assistant coach at Georgetown University. And I remember having a conversation, I approached him because he was the one black coach on staff and shit. You know, there was that, you know, Negro intimacy, <laughs> you know? So I approached him. I was like, Hey, you got a second to, to discuss a recruiting idea. And we ended up talking for like 30 minutes, right? Just off the spot. <laughs> he never needed no me, none of that shit. <laughs> All right. So, yo, I, I tell him, Hey, you know, this is a way the base, basically, if you use this and you go out and you, and you get certain advertisers, you can post your tryout and advertise on the tryout. And then you obviously, you're going to have the traffic from the players, this, that, and the third. I run him through the entire thing and he grills me with questions and I'm getting, I'm giving him answers and we're going back and forth. And the, the question that he asked that threw me off was, well, how do I make the money? Me, Tony, this is the only reason I actually remember his name is because how do I make the money? Me, Tony Odin, how do I make the money? I'm like, wait, I didn't start, I didn't start this so Tony Odin makes the money. I started this so just coaches in general who use it, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the organization. So the, the league or the, the conference makes the money. I didn't start it for one coach to make the money. And that's when I realized, okay, I got, I got a big problem because the, the client and the market and the people that I'm serving with the Gym 44 idea is just a selfish group of people. It's a selfish group of people. All right. I, I, and there was actually another it was another athletic athletic director that I approached that would just didn't even want to take their, there was two, there's several, there's multiple people, multiple people. I mean, if I, I can cut, I can cut this, I can st just stay on this right now. And I could talk for probably hours on this actual period of my life in terms of just people just blowing me off, go fuck off, fuck off. I don't want to listen to it. Just not even, not even giving me the opportunity to make a pitch. All right. So eventually, because I was going through all that shit, I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to just start up my own team. I'm going to start up my own team, use Gym 44 to start this team and have it be the pilot, the pilot franchise in which all these college coaches, all these coaches, whether it's college, professional, youth, high school, they can all see Gym 44 being used and then they take it and they use it the same way that they use it however the fuck it is they want to use it because I'm sick and tired of going to every every one of these coaches and and trying to sort of talk them in to using something that's going to be beneficial to them. Like, it's not just for Osborne, obviously. You use it, you get the money for your team and do what you have to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 to me, it really wasn't that big of a deal. But again, I'm the entrepreneur in this and every entrepreneur feels like their idea always should work. So, so I tried to start my own team. And because I wanted this team to separate it with the reason it was a semi-pro team because I made it into a semi-pro football team because I knew me personally being the face of the semi-pro football team that's where my expertise was played college football I had a lot of connections with the arena league football teams because that's what I was doing 
right after college. I, I was in order for me to get the position. I was on the horn calling uh, when I put Eagles out, when I put the Eagles football website out. I had all my teammates highlight tapes on that website. So I was getting a lot of calls from indoor arena league football teams, semi-pro football teams. And all. in fact, I even tried to volunteer at volunteer with a semi-pro football team named the DC Falcons. And that turned out to be a scam the whole night. So I was, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with the semi-pro football world and I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it something that is truly, truly immaculate, like truly something that is going to attract a top quality talent. And because of Jim 44, I'm going to be able to pay the players. I'm going to be able to pay the players. All right. So that was my mentality. And this is, I'm 24 getting ready to become 25 at this point. Right. So it's only like a, from graduation, college graduation, like maybe the two or three year, only about a three year window in which all this growth and development actually happened. Right. So this is why I decided to name this team and create a, a brand around this organization named, and I was going to name it, I was going to name it the Ocean City Sharks, all right, the Ocean City Sharks, because Ocean City needed a pro team, needed a, a semi-pro team, uh, the the connection to the city, you know, it's a, it's a tough city to, to live in because it's a vacation spot, Ocean City, Maryland is a vacation spot, most people don't live there, or work there throughout the entire year they're only there throughout the spring and the summer right so it's like all right cool a spring team in ocean city that seems like it would sell that seems like it'd be a good a good idea so i had the idea i had gym 44 and i felt like it would be it'd be enough for me to just quit my job so i quit i left i quit and i left because i was i was tired of not only you gotta understand too with gym 44 i was i was not only pitching the idea to coaches i was also going to fitness centers gyms and stuff like that and i pitched the idea to at the time the manager at spunk fitness in which i was working at and in so many words he told me to go fuck Here, here's what really pissed me off about him is that i told him about the idea and then he went and told the owner of spunk fitness the owner of the entire franchise and then i get a text from him saying okay yeah we're gonna move forward with the gym 44 idea and then the next week, the next week having me, I didn't change anything about the idea. He texted me. He goes, yeah, well, I don't see I was going to sign up members to a gym. So we're not going to move forward with it. So I was like, what the fuck you? You go and you tell your owner about my idea. And then you tell me that it's going to be that we're going to move forward. And then because you don't see you as Mike, the manager of Spunk, don't see how it's going to get people to the gym. Now, all of a sudden, now you don't want to move forward with it. So you know, eventually me and him, we, we went our separate ways. And, you know, if he's listening to this, he can go fuck himself because of that. All right. So I start, I start putting together this idea to start the, the Ocean City Sharks. Right. So I move on from Spunk Fitness. I couldn't take it anymore. I was done with it. And I move on to start this Ocean City Sharks idea. Right. And I draw, it was my mother, my mother, but keep in mind, my mother was like, my lifeline, my support system, both, you know, just, just everything supported me through all this was there to listen to all of these ideas. Right. So my mother and I, my mother and I just drive to ocean city. 
one day. It was, I believe it was like a weekend or something like that. We drive to Ocean City, like immediately we drive to Ocean City and we see the lay of the land, see the lay of the land, see everything, see how it all is. And we see all this open space. We see this opportunity to build a stadium. There's so many, uh, so many things in terms of what's going on in my head that can be implemented in Ocean City, right? And he, once I left, once I left my job, she, I want to say she gave me like, a, she gave me like a 3000 or something like that. Like she gave me a little bit of cash to say, all right, go ahead and get this dream done. Go and get, go and get it done. So you can do it. You know, she, she gave me the, the support I needed. It was almost like grad school. Right. So I, I go out there and I find what happened was I was out in Ocean City. I was out in Ocean City and I was out there just trying to meet people, right? Just trying to meet people. I joined the Chamber of Commerce eventually, but I went there to, oh yeah, here's what happened, right? So there was also, there was already a semi-pro team of baseball. It was a baseball, it was a minor league baseball team named the Del Mavara Tyrants that was already located right there in Ocean City, all right? Right there in Ocean City, it was already located in Ocean City. And I set a meeting, I set a meeting with them. I set a meeting with them to just let them know the idea and what I was trying to do and if I can get used to the stadium, all that kind of stuff, right? And then after I set that meeting, after I set that meeting, after I set that meeting, I drove all the way to Ocean City. So the the Delmavara Tyrants is about maybe a 30 to 40 minute drive from the actual Ocean City area from the Strip. So I drive all the way to Ocean City. I drive the Strip. And I'm just going knocking on doors, meeting people. Hey, you know, I'm trying to start this team. Would you be interested in being a sponsor? This, that, and the third. And I met, I met like the perfect connection. The perfect connection was a guy named Tony Hall. Tony Hall owned the gym at the time. I believe the name of his gym was Energy Gym. And he actually tried to start up a semi-pro football, not tried, but he, he had, he had a semi-pro football league that everyone in town knew him for that guy is that guy being the semi-pro football guy and stuff like that and he had started this league and had done all these sorts of things so every time i was going around town people were like hey you got to meet tony you got to meet tony you got to meet tony so i set and then after that i drove back this was before my mother actually gave me she gave me like two it was like three thousand something like that just to you know get me through because she she actually saw the vision right so what happened was what happened was off this three thousand dollars that my mother loaned me with i only had a couple months to actually start making money from this idea and long story short i didn't i didn't it, it was i didn't start making i didn't make money at all in fact this idea left me bankrupt living out of a car i was now i was living out of a car lost my phone Lost my car, lost absolutely everything. I absolutely hit rock bottom because I was going out to Ocean City so many times thinking that this thing would work the whole night. And I ended up just crashing and burning, crashing and actually burning this year. So from 24 all the way to 20s, like six, just crashed and burned, fell flat on my face, gone, lost everything, right? Lost absolutely everything. And it this is where it all kind of started. So I, once I made the connection with Tony Hall, once I made the connection with Tony Hall and I drove out to Ocean City and I started promoting the idea, 
I got in touch with the players because I was using Gym 44. Again, I'm using Gym 44. I'm posting trials. I'm saying, yeah, there's a semi-pro football team getting ready to start in Ocean City. And I'm gonna the, the tryouts are completely free. I'm not charging the players for the tryouts because of Gym 44. And I'm getting people to request. I'm getting people to reserve. So everything was working. Everything was working in terms of how I was finding the players. However, the biggest issue was raising and finding the money. All right, finding the money to pay the players all right so even though i was starting to see this thing and make this thing work i was able not only was i able to make it work but i found a location i found a location for the team there was also here's what here's the thing all right here's the thing here's here's what happened i know i'm all over the place but hopefully you're staying with me all right when i met with tony hall when i met with tony hall here's what happened he told me because he had done this before and he was in the world and you know he had he had previously tried to start up his own team and he had all that and he had to sell the he had to sell the semi-pro team that he ran here's he was able to give me some great advice he told me because i already had a way of finding the players he told me about a school that was that wasn't too far from where ocean city was named the university of maryland eastern shore excuse me named the university of maryland eastern shore that had two football fields that weren't even being used, right? That weren't even being used. So immediately I drove, right after I met with Tony, I drove out to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore and I met another guy. His name was Professor Brian Mitchell. He, he Luckily, he still happened to be on campus and he was the quote unquote football guy there who was trying to build a team, build a actual football club team on the campus of University of Maryland Eastern Shore, right? So I meet with him and immediately he offered me a position to coach at UMES because of the idea. I was just like everything, I was pitching the idea of the Ocean City Sharks to him. And he immediately offered me a position to not only coach, but use the field and, you know, run everything right there at UMES. So boom, I got a location. I got a location. I got a way of finding players and everything was intact because I was now getting in touch with the players and I was saying, yo, you know, there's going to be a new team, new team, this, that, and the third. And they were spreading the word and people were coming, people were requesting and reserving tryouts for gym 44. So everything, only thing I needed was actual money. That was it. That was the only thing that I needed was actual money. And because of the timing, like I was telling people that the, the team was going to start by this time, because this was the biggest mistake I made. Uh, the team was going to start at this date and I didn't have the money yet, everything started to fall apart because it got around to the other players that I didn't have the money to actually pay them by this date. And because they have such a short window, this is, you're talking about potential players that are trying to make it to the NFL and they have such a short window of where they can play and when they can play and, and how long it's going to be. Eventually, everything just fell apart. Everything just fell apart, lost everything, the reputation amongst the players that I strive even to this day to help my reputation. It started to get ruined, just muddied up my name. You got to think initially when you hear from a guy named Aswan Crookshank, initially it throws people off in general. But when there's anything shady going on, especially in this world of pro sports, pro football sports, where there's millions and millions of dollars at stake at this point, it, it, it just, you know, you had to be. I, I wasn't ready yet and everything just fell apart. So 24, after I just let everything go, I just lost everything. I was in such a fucked up place mentally. 
I was hurt. I was hurt, actually hurting, like lost everything, felt like shit because I couldn't make my mother's money back. And, you know, I, I just felt like a complete failure in darkness. Getting, couldn't, I wasn't working. I had no money. Again, no car, nothing. I was done. All right. 26 years old. Right. So in order as a way of getting back on my feet, I took a job as a sales counselor at an LA fitness. And this was absolutely, I mean, probably one of the best things that could have happened to me because, because the person that hired me there was a guy named Dupree Major. And the first thing when Dupree, when Dupree interviewed me for the sales position, I told him, you know, about this idea that I have, about, I mean, because I was still clinging on to the Ocean City Sharks idea because it's, it was, even now, even now, it can still work. It's just my name would have to be removed from it. But it, it's, there was nothing wrong with the idea at all. And it crushed me to know that there's nothing wrong with the actual idea. It's just a matter of, look, money. That's it. Right? That's all it was. It was the fact that I wasn't working, didn't have a job. I was so gelled into it that 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 still bothers me to this day, even even to this day as I'm, I'm regurgitating it. But when I met with Dupree, when I met with Dupree, he he was he he was talking to me about if I was ready or he was asking me questions to see if I was ready for the sales position at L.A. Fitness. And he asked me, go, how would you start a conversation with a person, a total stranger and stuff like that? Put basically giving me the, the interview on the spot. And I was talking to him about some of the sports connections that I had and what I was trying to build and all that kind of stuff. And he stops me and he goes, hey, you're talking about sports programs and, and building a sports connection. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about just random people that you can get into this gym. Right. And when he said that to me, a whole new world opened up for me in terms of where I needed to take my business. I needed to approach regular people and teach them, you know, take what I learned in the sports world and try to approach and build the relationships with regular people. And that really needs to be the, the foundation to my business, kind of the foundation of what it is I was trying to do. So I got that position. I wasn't the best when it comes to actually closing the deals when it comes to selling because this is an LA fitness and I have my I have my personal I have my personal issues with the way LA fitness runs their business because it's general fitness and the kind of bullshit that they tell people to sign up because it was it wasn't it wasn't something that I really believed in but at the end of the day I was able to start that I was able to get a phone you know I was able to afford enough to get a phone I was still at the time I was still carpooling with my mother and all that but I was able to afford enough to get a phone because you know mine previously I lost money I couldn't afford one and I was able to at least start to get a check every two weeks and get myself back on my feet and the big thing the biggest thing that happened was I became a volunteer coach for a youth basketball team it was a youth basketball team that was not too far from the LA fitness that I got that feeling you know I got that feeling of that rewarding feeling of coaching and being around kids everything that I wanted to do with the Ocean City Sharks everything I wanted to do from the point in which I started gym 44 right so this this is all happening at 26 26 and and it was at that point where I realized there was a huge missing piece to my life was not having a girl right so it was it wasn't until 26 years old where I started actually taking finding a girl and you know focusing on finding a girl and meeting someone I actually started taking that seriously so I met this I met this girl 
at the University of Maryland. At the time, she was the head of this organization named the CSA, which is the Caribbean Students Association, right? So I met her and there was a good connection when we first met. When we first met, now I can't stand her fucking ass now, but when we first met, there was a good connection and I found out that her little brother played for a high school. They played football for a high school named Blake High School. And he was a junior. So it was like, oh, man, this is perfect. So I decided, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to volunteer coach at this particular high school. I'm going to do it for two seasons. I'm going to see her little brother through. And hopefully there, because the only way for me to explain, try to explain what it is I was doing to a girl was if I was doing it from the lens of a high school football coach because of how deep into it I actually was. Right. So I go and I volunteer at this school and I, I, do two years there from 20s this is from 26 to around 27 I had left LA Fitness and I was bouncing around certain positions at not only was I was jumping around for certain sales positions at not only LA Fitness but I was jumping around oh yeah here's what happened so I I switched I switched from the sales counselor position because I wanted to be a sports director at LA Fitness and then I was working at a lady footlocker I was working at a lady footlocker and I was also, there was also all sorts of new gyms because I found out what I was skilled at. So I was working at a lot of different gyms, trying to figure out how I was going to get people in and bouncing around and doing all that, just, just to keep a check coming in every two weeks and all that. And I was trying out this MLM, trying out this company. It was all sorts of things I was doing just to make sure a check was coming in every two weeks. So I was bouncing around all sorts, all sorts of gyms. And this is, this is me approaching 26, 27-ish range. I'm approaching my 30s. My 30s is coming. And I said to myself, look, I'm going to try to – I'm going to coach this team. I'm going to coach this team for two seasons and then see what happens after that. So during that two seasons, there was another company that I got connected with. And this company – the name of this company was F. BU football university and the main thing with this company it's, it's a basically a camp company in which we much like NSR we recruit football players to go to these camps and you know we try to build relationships with the families and all that kind of stuff so I and I'll close you out actually I'll close you out with this this actually my I might have to take this to a four-part series I didn't realize <laughs> because I'm um now that I'm regurgitating there's a lot there's a lot of things going on so I might take this to an actual four-part series because I know I'm getting really really long-winded on you so I'll, I'll cut this off at the FBU connection so I got a contract I got a contract to work as a scout for FBU at football university and their main the main event is a tournament the main event is a tournament in which is in Naples Florida Naples Florida is where their main event is all right so when I really dived into being an FBU scout because I, I started to get myself back in 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 stride I started to get myself back I was coaching I was kind of in tune I was getting in tune I was shaking off I was starting to shake off everything I was dealing with, with the Ocean City Sharks and when I realized that I'm connected with FBU and they were they were selling people on the idea of living in Florida and going to Florida for this huge football tournament everything changed for me everything changed for me because of that sale F L-O-R-I-D-I, D-A-I, Florida, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, Florida, <laughs> R-I-D-A, I believe, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, yeah, Florida, uh, you see, I'm, I'm misspelling it because 
I'm putting myself back in that situation where I'm I'm in Maryland. I'm bouncing around these gyms. I'm volunteer high school coaches. I'm coaching. I'm struggling. And I'm hearing Florida. I'm just hearing Florida. I'm young enough to make the move, guys. Florida. L-O-R-D. I was like, yo. And I was driving one day. I was driving one day. It was, it was cold, snowing. And I just said, you know what? I need to, I need to change a venue. Florida. Florida. It was around it was 27, 28 around Florida just to hit the reset button on life. And that's when it was in my head. You know what? I'm moving to Florida. I'm moving to Florida. I'm going to move to Florida and get this thing started. So I'll close you out there because there's a lot of, I know I went, I went longer than I actually anticipated. So I'll actually turn this into a four part series because once I got to Florida, there was a lot of ups and downs, just, just getting myself, getting a catching my stride there. And, and then to where I'm at now, now that I have books and things like that out. So appreciate you guys tuning in, but just know we, we just getting started, just getting started again. Just to recap, I am, this is part two, part two of what's going to be a four-part series about a, as, as brief as I can make it, an overview of how I became a the your one and only Move Swiftly speaker and how I was able to start up my own business and create this podcast that is approaching it or somewhere around, whether it's over or under, somewhere around over 400 episodes, all right? Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon.